I'm Charlene. In these 20-minute podcasts, I talk with memoir writers about their books, their lives, and their writing process. Sharing like this helps us all connect. As we listen, we learn about the world through the eyes of others. Their stories help us expand our views and empathize more deeply with each other. It's my pleasure now to invite you to listen in to this episode of Life Story on Soul Sciences. Hello, listeners. Today I'm here with Linda Stratter. And Linda, as you may know from a post that we did and an interview we did in December of 2017, Linda is the author of a book called Summers of Fire. Linda is one of the first female firefighters in the USA. And of course, today with the political situation in the US, that means more than it ever did, although it always meant a lot. Welcome to the program, Linda. Oh, thank you, Charlene. I'm happy to be here. Now, you were just saying that your book released last year, May 1st. Is that correct? That's correct. And what's the response been since then? It's been good. You know, it's, um, I didn't have the slightest idea what to expect. And I also knew that of the marketing fell on me and I was prepared for that. I've been prepared for that all along. So although they made sure that the book was in all the right places, all the Amazons, bookstores, Barnes and Noble. When it came down to promoting at least locally, that was my job. And I'd already been setting up speaking engagements. And everybody was really interested in hearing what the book was about, what I had to say. And as, as more people read it, you know, then I started getting feedback. It just surprised me how many men read my book. Wow. And it's funny because, you know, when, when my publisher and I you know, first actually talked on the phone other than communicating via email, they told me that the reason that they picked my book is that they felt that they wanted more books written by women that men would read. So they were right. <laughs> yeah, that's been a surprise. I mean, you know, there's romance in there and all of that, and, you know, and, and yet the guys are reading it, too, and they're relating to it. What kind of reviews have you, have you had from the men readers or women readers, too, for that matter? Well, you know, it's always interesting to see everyone sees something different in there that they relate to. Now, I, I expected the challenges, you know, they would they would relate to the challenges that I faced and and talk about resiliency and how, you know, I managed, you know, courage and all of that stuff. And I just don't see myself that way. Um, but people saw that. But then other people picked up on honesty. They're telling me, you know, uh, they'd never seen a book written so honestly before the, and how tough it must have been for me to write some of that stuff. And they were right. I mean, that's probably the scariest part about writing a memoir is how are people going to react when you show how vulnerable you are or when you tell the truth of, yeah, that wasn't the best decision in the world, but that's what I did. So when I get feedback that says that, that people recognize that in me, you know, it's like, wow, that that must have been hard to be honest about, but I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, I I remember distinctly reading your book and really having the same response because you were deeply honest, in particular about your responses to the men and women around you. 
I was struck by how honest you were about saying you didn't really appreciate having another woman on the team. If someone came in new, you were like, no, I'd really rather have all the male attention on me. I thought, wow, that is so important that we recognize that part of ourselves and you do it for all of us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You know, that, and that was just, you know, it was something that, I, yeah, I mean, that's a natural response for a young woman among all men. I didn't, I was afraid that they would like her better than me. Yeah, stuff like that, you know, and it was, and of course I grew out of that and we learned to really like each other. And and that yeah. shows also what women do. We grow into our friendships with other women, but the consciousness that you grew up with must have not been as strongly motivated to having women friends. Can you speak to that? You know, and I've been asked that, so where were all your girlfriends? And I didn't have a lot of friends, period. And I think for sure during my forest service years, I found that I related better to men. Mm. I felt less self-conscious. And for the, most of my life, more of my friends were male than female. Now, now though, as you know, I'm in my 60s, it's the other way around. You know, now I have far more female friends than I have male friends. So certainly my field, you know, working around men all day. But I, I also felt more relaxed around them. I didn't feel judged. And I think a lot of women struggle with, you know, am I being judged? You know, am, am I, are they thinking, oh, you know, she's, you know, I'm better than she is. Or, you know, I, and you don't get that from men. You know, that's, they don't care about that part. You know, they just, the male friends that I had liked me for being me. And the, I just felt more relaxed around them. Yes, and yes. Certainly, and we did the same kind of work. So, I mean, we had that connection too. The work was astonishing to me. The amount of physical strength and stamina it must have taken for you to have accomplished yourself as a firefighter. I just couldn't even begin to imagine having that. Well, you know, um, I had a, a book talk last Saturday and someone came up to me after it was over with, and um, we ran, actually we ran out of time for questions because there were a lot of questions and we ran out of time, but she came up to me as I was getting ready to leave and she said, so tell me, she said, what about physical strength? Because women aren't as strong as men. Well, no, that's not true. See, it, and it's not all about brawn. You know, it, it's not, especially with wildland firefighters for, for that particular field, it is more about endurance. Ah. You know, because we don't carry a whole lot of gear. When you look at what a structural firefighter wears and carries when they go into a burning building, they've got the, that big suit they wear and they've got an oxygen tank on their back and a mask on. We're wearing a, f a fire shirt and fire pants and a bandana tied over our nose and a hard hat, you know, and that's it. And yeah. And but considering the fact that, yeah, well, we have to hike sometimes for miles before we even get to the fire. So we can't carry a lot of weight. And so it's more about endurance, the, how much, you know, you pace yourself. And it was something that I learned throughout my firefighting years is that women tend to tended to pace themselves better. Yes. Everybody wants to jump in out of the fire, start building line and get get the fire out. But men seemed to burn themselves out quicker. They were just, you know, completely 100% effort. And within, you know, hours, 
they're starting to fail. Whereas I noticed women would just kind of slow and steady, you know, and we would last longer. And I have heard this said that men hit something called the wall or a wall when they're athletes, they just, their bodies just can't go any further. Whereas with women, we may not have the same in terms of say, for example, pole vaulting, the same heights or whatever, according to our size, but we have an endurance capacity that we just keep going. We never hit the wall. We just keep going. And I think nature gave that to us so you could deal with children. (laughs) (laughs) That could well be, you know, it's, it's something that, yeah, I mean, we, we have to have more energy for later. There is no one else that's going to do it for us later. Well, I mean, well, yeah, one, we could make a joke here and say, yeah, you need that resilience for men too, because they're going to, they may need you down the line. You have to be there to pick up the pieces. But yeah, yeah I think about that. I think about the nomadic uh, associations to what we've been told anthropologically. Women carried the babies and nursed and walked thousands of miles. Uh, as we were nomadic before we became agricultural. So all of these ideas are tantalizing. But yes, I I really enjoyed your descriptions of the writing and in terms of what it was that you were doing actually on the lines, digging the lines, how you had to sometimes set a fire to contain a fire so that the fire would not have a place to go. But the summers of fire, you know, it could easily have been, and I don't mean this in any bad way at all, but it could easily have been the title for a romance novel because you talk a lot about the fire that was going on between you and several of the guys, and it was several. It was like one guy after another kind of thing was was really keen on you. Can you speak to that for a moment, please? I couldn't understand what the fascination was with me. And I'm working on my prequel right now, and... Yes. And so this is everything that happened up to when I start working at Florida Ranger Station. And I had a lot of guys paying attention to me when I was when I first moved to Arizona, not in high school, but when I came to Arizona. And I just couldn't figure it out. And I and I just didn't understand. I kept thinking, oh, you know, it's just because I'm the only woman on the crew or it's just because I'm they're they're bored or I, I never, never got it. We're all looking for the, I mean, at least when you're young, you're looking for the one. You're looking for the perfect person for you. And I remember a number of times thinking, is this the only love that I will ever know? And maybe because I never believed that there was just one true love in your life, that there could be more than that. And people talk about, you know, know, the one and only. I always questioned that. And I always questioned when people would say, well, you can't possibly love more than one person at a time. And I remember thinking, no, you know, I didn't buy that. Um, You'd feel different love for different people. And that doesn't mean that any of it is less real. So, yeah. And some of the guys, I mean, I still in touch with some of the guys from back then. No kidding. Yeah. The ones that were local here, because I'm still living in the same place. And and actually, one of them, yeah, you know, he told me, well, you know, what happened between us happened between us, and we were young, and and we thought we were in love, and and we went our separate ways, and I'm okay with that. I mean, that's what happened because he's in the story, and he knows he's in the story, and he's okay with it. That is beautiful. You know, I think as we get older, to have that kind of tenderness for the earlier 
people in our lives, whether they stayed or they left, is a real gift of aging. When you age well, you can look back with some fondness and say, oh, that was a good moment. That was a lovely experience. I think that I totally understand or feel like I understand what you're saying about love. I think women have the capacity to love more than one person, more than one person through a lifetime, and more than one person at one time. But we don't let that narrative become part of our cultural story too often. And so I was really struck by that in your book because you're very clear. You are very clear right from the earliest, it sounds like, in your in your world that this was so, you know, that you could do this. And every person that I love, you know, I, I talk about that they, they have a piece of my heart and they always will. Yes. And I, and it's something that I'm, I'm dealing with in the writing that I'm working on right now. The, the person that, um, that dies in Summers of Fire, who was an ex-boyfriend. So he's very, very much part of the story prior to all of that. And I'm I'm reading about him and I'm thinking, because we had we were in love with each other, but it wasn't it was never at the same time. Yes. When I talk about you know, all he put me through, you know, it and and I and I finally made the decision, he's not it's just not gonna work. I've got somebody in my life now who I was with at the time, and I decided this is more real. Trying to make something out of what he and I had in the past. It's just not going to work because we just can't seem to be on the same page. And it was a very painful thing to to come to, a decision to come to, and then to lose him. Yes. Um, it's devastating. But he still has a piece of my heart. Yes. You know, he, he always will. Linda, this is an amazing discussion. In fact, we unfortunately have run out of time for this particular podcast. Sure, that's fine. Will Love you to. come back? Thank you. And thank you so much for all your information. Now, where can people get your book, Summers of Fire? It's on Amazon, both in the U.S. and the U.K. and in Germany and other parts of the world. I've had, it's amazing. I have two book reviews in Germany. Oh, my goodness. How exciting. <laughs> I know. And uh, Barnes & Noble online. So all of the usual places. Of course, Amazon's the most popular place where people buy a book. But yeah, it, it both has a paperback and ebook, And it's not special right now. It's a couple dollars off. The paperback Super. is a dollars so everyone, so, I recommend it. Get that book, Summers of Fire. It's a real blazer. <laughs> Sorry for the pun. We'll see you soon. Bye for now. Bye now. That's it. That's all for today. Many thanks to Kevin McLeod for that lovely music, Carefree. And many thanks to all of you who make these podcasts possible. Remember, take good care of each other. Bye for now.